0: God one more time. Amen. I'm so grateful to be able to stand. It's been a long night. It's been a long morning. But I do believe that God is able. And as as a preacher, as someone who's young in the ministry who is learning I'm learning that that sometimes God takes his own sweet time oh, yeah. you can't rush him you can't force him to hurry up yes sir yes sir I know that's right and until he gives a word, you really don't have nothing to say. So it doesn't matter how much you, how much you want it. It's until. So it, it's been a long night. It's been a long morning. But God is faithful. To my pastor, I just want to say thank you for allowing me to stand to bring a word to our young people. I don't have a word, but I know God does. To to the ministers, thank you for your prayers, your support, my new mission family, to my wife, my good thing. I thank you for putting up with me. Because there are times when I have to pretty much isolate myself. And I thank you for just allowing me to do that. I love you. And I really do appreciate you. If you have your Bibles with you, um, Let's go to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter seven. Must admit the reading is gonna be a little lengthy this morning, but that's alright. Proverbs chapter seven, and we'll be reading from verse six through to verse twenty seven. And this is Solomon speaking. At the window of my house I looked through my lattice and saw among the simple I perceived among the youths a young man devoid of understanding. Passing along the street near her corner and he took the path to her house in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. And there a woman met him with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. She was loud and rebellious. Her feet would not stay at home. At times she was outside, at times in the open square, lurking at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him, and with an impudent face she said to him, I have peace offerings with me. Today I have paid my vows. So I come out to meet you, diligently to seek your face, and I have found you. I have spread my bed with tapestry, colored covering of Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with love. For my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him and will come home at the appointed day. With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. Immediately, he went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter, as a fool to the correction of the stocks. Till an arrow struck struck his liver, as a bird hastened to the snare, he did not know it would cost him his life. Now therefore, listen to me, my children. Pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray unto her path. For she has cast down many wounded, and all who were slain by her were strong men. Her house is the way to hell, descending to the chambers of death. You may be seated. (laughs) Heavenly Father, do what only you can. Lord, you are the one with the word. Father, it's only your word that can do a work in our hearts. So, Father, you speak your word this morning. Lord, speak it in such a way that we hear as individuals and it affects us as a church. So, Father, just even now, Lord, just have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. we could say amen and go home. I do believe that after reading this passage, we could all say amen and go home. From this passage as scripture, I want to talk to you briefly on the subject, not called to be simple. Not called to be simple. You may be called and are simple, but you're not expected to remain simple. So not called to be simple. Being simple should never be the end result. We are not called to be simple people. The purpose of Proverbs is much straightforward as it deals with the knowledge of wisdom. This wisdom instructs us about the practical skills of living which causes us to be responsible, productive, and prosperous. It is truth applied. It deals with many day-to-day issues of life that involves moral choices, that has an impact on our future. It shows us that our now does affect our then. It shows us that what you do now has an impact on what is to come that involves your future. Proverbs, for the most part, is written by Solomon who has experienced so much up and downs in his life This is the same man who looks back and tells us that all is vanity. So here is Solomon being full of experience and the chapter begins by him giving instruction to his son and he's instructing his son to keep his commandments and live. Keep my commandment and live. That it is pretty much straightforward. If we keep the commandment of God, we will live. Jesus said, "I come that you may have life." But not just that you may have life, but you may have it more abundantly. The only way we can have that life that is more abundant that Christ brought for us is to obey the commandments. of God. Solomon said, keep it as your most prized possession. Keep it as the apple of your eye. You see, there is nothing more valuable than the word of God. So Solomon was instructing his son in the word of God. He instructs his son regarding the knowledge of wisdom. But what is knowledge? Knowledge, when I look up knowledge, knowledge is being aware of something or having information. It is about facts and ideas that we acquire through study, research, investigation, observation, and experience. But the problem is, as believers, we often don't study. We often don't research. We often don't investigate. We often don't. Observe, we often don't, and this causes us to experience things in life that we really didn't have to (laughs) because experience is not always a good teacher. Let's be honest, let's be honest about it. Everything you really don't want to experience because some stuff you experience you wish you never. And most of the time, it is things that somebody had already told us that we never wanted to experience in the first place. But we refuse to obey the commandment of God, and now we have some experience that we wish we never have. And no matter what we do, we can't seem to get rid of the experience. So he also mentioned wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to discern and judge which aspect of that knowledge is true, right, lasting, and applicable to your life. But Solomon can testify that even though we might have the ability, we need to be willing to put that ability into action. Remember Solomon prayed to God, And he asked God for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that that he may govern his people. And God gave Solomon all the wisdom, all the knowledge, all the understanding that he needed. But yet still Solomon found himself in some places that he really had no business being in. So God can give us wisdom, God can give us knowledge, God can give us understanding, but it's our responsibility yeah, 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 yeah. to use that wisdom, to use that knowledge, to use that understanding that we may be pro- prosperous in the things that God has in store for us. So the scripture tells us about this, this simple, this, this simple man they simple. In the text, Solomon is telling the story of a young man who he recognized as being simple. But being simple is not a crime. Being simple is not a sin. But there is a tremendous amount of danger for one who remains simple. God, will not, God did not call you to be simple. Jesus said, take my yoke upon me and learn of me. And I can tell you, Jesus is not simple. So if we are learning of Jesus, even though you may start out as being simple, but there's no way you can remain simple if you are taking his yoke. You see, simple is a stage from which every believer should progress that they might become mature in the Lord. Simple is not a stage that is tied into physical age as you can be old and simple. It really has nothing. Maturity doesn't really have nothing to do with your age. You can be 80, you can be in the church for 50 years, and it's still simple. You can have somebody in the church for two years, and is more spiritually mature than somebody who's been for 50. Let me tell you something. Simple don't discriminate. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're black. It doesn't matter if you're white. It doesn't matter if you're rich. It doesn't matter if you're poor. It doesn't matter if you're a drunkard or a beggar or a thief. Simple does not discriminate. But one thing we notice in the, in the text, the text shows us that let me, let, me, let me slow down for a minute. What does it mean to be simple? It means that one is silly, seducible, foolish, naive, inexperienced, and devoid of understanding. That's a simple. So here we see a young man who is said to be simple, is fitting the bill of the simple. But he wasn't the only one. He said in the scripture. Next, next one. One more. Keep going. Oh, I missed it. But it says in the the text, he said he looked among the simple and he perceived a young man that is void of understanding. So it tells us that he is among the simple. So he is not the only one that was simple. But it tells us that he was the one that she picked out. You see, it's almost like, it's almost like a lion who is on a hunt and he don't look for the strongest animal to kill. He looked through the herd and he finds someone that's limping, someone he thinks is hurt, someone he thinks might be an easy kill, because you'll be told, he don't want to do all that work. If you make it easy, you're the one he want. He don't have time to be running all day, chasing no, no nothing, no zebra, nothing. But the one that he can identify that have some kind of issue, that's the one that... So it so, so, so tells us that she looked among these youth and she saw somebody. That she believed that this one fits the bill. This one look a little lonely sitting over here. This one look like they're down over here. Let me sit, approach this one. I might have a chance, I might have an opportunity on this one. But it tells us that about the dark, about the night. You see, as believers, there's some place we really have no business going. It's not like nobody has to tell us what goes on there. We already know. And when we find ourselves in those places, we're really putting ourselves in harm's way. We're putting ourselves in In danger, so this young man find himself in the dark, going to places he really have no business going, and here he is approached by this woman. But notice in verse four, she spoke religion. In verse four, she spoke. Religion. She said, I went to church today. I, I, I got my praise on today. She said, I paid my vows today. I offered sacrifice today. She's talking church language. She is talking church language because a lot of times if talking church language will start a conversation he's crafty he knows what he's doing he knows how to engage how to get you engaged in the conversation because if they can get you to engage in the conversation Opportunity will somehow present itself. And so she beginning to talk religion. In, ver- in-, in verse 15, she made him feel special. You're the cutest thing I've seen all night. Look what she said. She said, I have made preparation for us. She said, I have came out to see you and behold, I met you. It tells us that she kissed him and she engaged in this conversation. I have spread my bed. I have set the atmosphere. You really have nothing to worry about. She went as far as gave him security. She said, The good man is not at home. She said, My husband is not at home. I know because I am a professional at this. I know that there are, I know the type of concern that you may have. So one by one, she's addressing. Each concern that he might have. And the last one she addressed was, my husband, the good man, is not at home. So you really don't have nobody to worry about. Ain't it amazing how sin will make you feel comfortable? That it won't be a big deal? That this will be just between me and you? You don't have to worry about nobody else. This is just between us. And so with her word, it said, she enticed him. It's, It's like a fisherman who's trying to catch some fish. There's a certain way that he presents the lure. He disguises the hook. He makes it attractive, because his intention is for the fish not to realize what is behind all that disguise. So when he toss his line out, some do a little jig so the bait will be moving, and he's trying to present this attractive bait, this attractive piece of food to the fish. And and first thing the fish does, he sees the bait. The second, so first he look, he sees the bait. The second, he lusts. Because what he sees is attractive. So he begins to desire what he sees. So he begins to lust. After what he sees, and now their emotions are involved. And he begins to evaluate in his mind, how can I get this bait?" And the more he evaluate, the more it begins to make sense. But it's in his case, she is helping him to make sense of it all, because what she wants? is that she, he is playing right into her hand. Yes. So she's happy that, she, that he sees her. Yes. She's happy that he's attracted to her. Yes. She's happy that he's engaging in the conversation. Yes. She's happy that she has the opportunity to put his mind at ease, to let him know that there will be no problem. Yes. It will be just me and you. You don't have my husband to worry about because he has gone on a long journey. He has brought a bag of money with him. In other words, he ain't coming back anytime soon. But I noticed something with God. God always prepares his people before the trials hit. He always prepares his people before the temptation comes along. This reminds me of the Garden of Eden. When God said, from this one tree, please don't eat it. But it also tells us the way the woman saw the fruit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was attractive. It was good for food. Yeah. And she took and she ate. Yes, but the problem is, after you eat, after the fish take that attractive bait, oh. after, oh, yeah. then you're realizing that you get what you didn't look for. You realize that the thing that you didn't expect, that is what you're getting.
1: The thing that you didn't want.
0: What is your harlot? What is your adulterous woman? What is it that keep on attracting you away from the word of God? What is it that keep on drawing you away from what God has in store for you? What is it that keep on knowing at you That you keep on walking away from the promises that God has in store for you. What is it? What is it? That you keep on finding so attractive. That you know what the word of God says. You know what the commandments of God says. But you keep on being drawn away. What is it? You see, it never ends the way it started. It never ends the way it started. It may start it out as fun, but it never ends as fun. It may start it out of what you feel like is love, but it never ends Well, look what she said. She said, come let us take our fill of love for each other. Uh Let let, Let me say this. If it violates the laws of God, it is not love. It doesn't matter how you dress it up. It doesn't matter what you label it as. If it goes against the word of God, it's not love. So even though he might be six four tall, dark, and handsome, and telling you that he loves you, and if you if you love him, you will sleep with him. It ain't love. It ain't love. Love does not violate God's law. Love has a confinement compound. Love has barriers that it doesn't cross. If it crosses that barrier, it's no longer love. The Bible tells us that love is patient. So if he loves you, he'll wait. It said love is kind. Love. Love. We have to know what love is. And people just won't, won't we won't allow people to fool us and believe that they love us when they really don't. Because what they do to you, it tells that they actually hate you. And that I, and I love you. Because if you don't love me, you hate me. So if he trying to sleep with you and you ain't married, he really ain't love you. Or he is confused about what love is. Because that is not love. If we are sinning against God, we're not walking in love. If you are going against what God says, you're not walking in love. Why? Because God is love. God is love. So, the, the, so even though you, you get enga, engaged in it and you think that, oh, nothing happened this time. I, I'm, I'm getting away with it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. But you're really not. Uh-huh. Come on. Come on, it's only a matter of time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, the husband was not home this time. But he might be next time. He went on a long journey this time. But the journey might be short, unaware next time. But this is the thing. How much do we love God? Because it's not about the husband not being at home It's not about how attractive she is. It's not about how attractive, how handsome, whatever he is. It's all about how much do I love God. Because in this life, there are things that is gonna attract you. It may not be the same thing that attracts me, but there is something that attracts you. Do you love God enough to walk away from the thing that attracts you? Do you love God enough to walk away from the very thing that is drawing you? He said, keep my commandment and live. You see, once you go down that path, it's hard to get off that road. So you best serve not going down that part. Solomon is standing in the place of God the Father. He knows. He sees. And he instructs. He says, my son, keep my commandment and live. Not because I just want to have you restricted, but because I love you. My son, keep my commandment and live. Not because I want to restrict you. But there is somebody who wants to kill you. My son, keep my commandment and live. Not because I don't love you, but because I love you so much. And I don't want nothing, nothing to happen to you. My son, keep my commandment and live. Keep my commandment. Wisdom and knowledge. Look what he says in this word. He says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. So if you find yourself where you know that you are lacking in wisdom, just ask of God. If you know that you are lacking in understanding, just ask If you can't figure out why, just ask. He is willing to give you what you ask. He said, if you ask anything in my name, it shall be done. But anything doesn't really mean anything. Because sometimes we hear... If you ask anything. Oh, he said anything. Yeah, that's what he said. He said anything. No, he don't mean anything. Not not the way you are thinking anything. There's this there's this thing about God that He can go against himself. He, he can't go against his word. So don't look at it and say well you promised to give me the desire of my heart and since this is what I desire and you said if I ask in the name of Jesus it shall be done So, I'm gonna ask. But I wanna tell you, God trumps that by saying, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Jesus trumped that by saying, when you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven, say, your will be done on earth your will be done in my life and it is in heaven your will be done according to what heaven already declared allow my life to line up with heaven so you need wisdom and understanding so you can know what to ask because some things you're just wasting your time asking for it it doesn't matter how much you ask, he ain't gonna answer that. You're never gonna get it. Because it goes against his will. So Solomon, Solomon is lived a long life. He is full of experience. And he is now trying to teach his son. He said, My son. Heed my commandment and live. Treat it like the apple of your eye. Here is an example of someone who did not heed the commandment of God. This is how it played out. This is what happened to them. While they were engaging while they were partaking, what was really happening, they were going like a lamb to the slaughter. What is really happening, they were going to their debt and don't even realize it. They were so caught up and didn't realize they were in danger until a dart struck their liver and they were at the moment of no return. My son, keep my commandment and live. My son, heed my word and live. My question is do you really trust him? Do you really believe that he has your best interests at heart? Do you believe that the things that he promised, that he will give it unto you? Do you believe that he has his hands full of blessing for you? My son, keep my commandment and live. You're not made to be simple.
1: catch the heart of God in scripture God made you to delight in him that he may delight in you that was really his original plan and his original intent and Satan because Satan hate us called Adam and Eve to say we got this and we don't need you Christ came to reestablish relationship and God is saying the path that Satan has laid out is going to kill you he came to steal, kill and destroy but I have come if you follow my principles if you get to know my heart I came to give you life what I always intended and life more abundantly so that you would know me and know my heart towards you. Something so simple we have made so hard because we want to do it our way. He says, I said before you life and death blessing and curse choose life it's throughout the Old Testament, but it's throughout the New Testament too. He says, My way is life, your way is death. I gave you the gift of choice. I can't make you, but I want you to choose life. Funny this morning, Justin had a question. He said, Who can walk away from a love like this? <laughs> He loves you. talk to your neighbor and say, he loves you. He really loves you. He got the best for you. Today, choose the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today choose life. Today, his hands is reaching out and he says, Whosoever will, let him come. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, today, will you come? We want to pray with you. We want to show you how to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you've been out of church, if you are out of fellowship, will you come back to him and trust him for what he has for you? He loves you. He loves We're you. We're desperate for
0: you, Lord. Mercy.